Oh man, it felt good to have breakfast with a champion today. Even though it was after breakfast hours, I could eat breakfast every meal. And I haven't had a champion on in a while, so it was cool to bring back the OG squad of Clubhouse and have Kay Volman here to just share and talk about everything that is the breadth of knowledge that she brings to the table every single day. She's had agency work and consulting companies, and she's a coach, and she's a teacher, and she's an author, and she's just a business guru on so many levels from executives to professionals to large companies to things like GoDaddy or Entrepreneur.com or Startup Nation. She's She's done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and you can read all about her bio in all the show notes, but I want you guys to first off hear the heart of this woman. You want to hear how she's so eclectic in her optimistic vantage point of so many things associated to marketing, associating to business, associating to teaching, and the evolution of self, which I really, really love, and is a huge part of Fit and Faith Podcast, founders, innovators, and trailblazers telling you know, pieces of their story, the truth of their story, and how it's associated to what they do and how they show up every single day. So yes, you get tools and tricks and tactics, that's the thing, but you also get to realize, how can I sharpen myself as a human? And so it was just so good to have that depth conversation with her rather than what happens in the breakfast club, which we love. I love that depth too. But to actually have that heart-to-heart, eye-to-eye experience. So be sure to follow Kate Volman in all the areas. Be sure to click on the links below in the show notes as well to get on her Massive Optimism Weekly Newsletter. It sounds amazing and absolutely something I already joined immediately after having the conversation. So thanks, Kate, for being here. And you guys, be sure to follow along on the Fit Podcast. Like, subscribe, review, do the thing that you know means and brings so much value to us. I'd love to hear what your thought patterns are around the show, around the energy, around the love and the life connected to it. You guys are the best. Have a beautiful day. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Yes, yes, and more yes. Tech be gone. We were having issues, but y'all, we are live and in action with the one and only Kate Volman. I am so excited to spend this time with you. Thanks for being on the show. Oh my gosh, Tamara, thank you so much for having me. This is no joke. You are awesome. I'm loving, I just love your introductions and I love your background. You're, I'm excited to be here. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's been so fun because y'all, you've seen so many different people that I've connected with through Clubhouse this past year. And Kate is one of those people. Um, But one thing that's really neat about these relationships is when we have an opportunity to really dive deep into one another, it amplifies not only our communication on Clubhouse, but our ability to serve our audiences at a greater capacity. And when I was reading your bio and everything that you've done, it was like a rap sheet of entrepreneurial heaven. I'm like, I want in on all the things. Like, this is so good. I was loving just some of the language around dream manager program. I'm like, yes. I love from how to wow. I'm like, yes, more people need to know how to do that. And just everything that you've evolved into with multiple podcasts and a live show and an agency. And so I want to go to the backstory. I want to know how Kate like got into all of this. Have you just exploded creativity since you were little or what? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You know, I was just, I just took a walk with a friend of mine the other day and and he asked me that. He said, where did this come from? Just this like positivity and you just like create all these things. And honestly, I don't even know. I think I'm sure, look, when we're kids, we're all creative, right? We just, everything is creative. We think that we can do anything and and be anything. But really, I attribute a lot of my kind of business creativity from when I was working at the Chamber of Commerce, because I felt so empowered by it within my role. I was an entrepreneur. I took total ownership of what I was doing. And my boss at the time, he was just like, oh, okay. Like, oh, she created this program and now she's doing this. And like, as long as it served the mission and as long as it was helpful, they were like, go for it. And so I think this is why I have such a love of what I get to do right now, which is helping people, you know, live out their dreams and, and not only their dreams personally, but also professionally, because when, when you get to combine the two, there's no better feeling. I agree completely. And I think understanding that there's like this evolution of time where you were entrusted with the creation phase and you got to see what worked and what didn't work and kind of in the entrepreneur realm of safe haven in when it's associated to spending somebody else's money, knowing that you're safe in that harbor, right? Like you can do it, but it sounds like your boss really allowed you to explore and was just like, yeah, go for it, which is really what I think from an an entrepreneur who has a team is my passion and desire to help cultivate and nurture within the people who I serve alongside because I want them to flourish in the areas of creativity and not feel like they're coming to me knocking on the door to do something, but instead have ownership and empowerment to be able to have that sense of authority and say, yeah, let me create something different. Yeah. And that's why I love leaders like you because more people need that. They need to find that. And the background that I came from, obviously working at a chamber of commerce, not only did I get to do this work, but I was serving a community. I was serving community of entrepreneurs and business owners. And so I got to discover what did they need? What were the needs that they had? And so by doing that, that's why I created these programs like the women's program and like our young professionals and, and these smaller group uh, CEO executive roundtables. Those are things that You know, I was in my 20s at the time. I didn't know what these CEOs needed, but just having these conversations with them. But it also opened my eyes to community. I got to learn about advocacy and and being able to kind of understand entrepreneurship and what that looks like. And I just learned so much. And 
just again, like when we were younger, I didn't really question anything. Like I kind of started enjoying writing and I immediately went to the local uh, magazine and I said, Hey, can I write for you? Like, I didn't even think. (laughs) You're not thinking about rules and regulations or like clout or you're just like, this sounds fun. I was like, I think it'd be fun to write for you. Can I do that? And, you know, and I actually did. I had a whole column in the new, in the magazine and I didn't even think that they were going to say no. I mean, who would say no? What, you know? And and so, (laughs) and I feel like so much of that was pre social media. It was pre all of these. Right reels we see of people. And so I, I had no other way, like everything that I thought I wanted to create, I just did. I mean, right when YouTube came out, I was like, Oh, what's this? Let me put some videos on it. You know, I wasn't, I didn't question. But what if, what if as we cultivate dreams, not only our own, but that of others, what if we allowed them the freedom to experience like exploration, creativity, as if it were fun, as if there was not a no, as if there wasn't comparison, as if there wasn't rejection. Right. And I think that that's like that freedom and that flow of you can tell uh, when somebody's brand is fully, entirely, authentically them versus they're trying to stuff themselves in a box and there feels like a lot of rigidity. Yeah, you're to- it's totally true, As- especially today, right? Because everybody kind of shares their opinion and-, and they share their work in the way that is meaningful to them that they think is going to attract the right audience. And so you can really tell you can tell the difference when people are creating because this is the way that it works. It's the funnel and it's the system. Here's the system. Versus like, this is just what I feel called to share and I hope that it attracts the right people. And there's places for both. You need both, yeah. really. Yeah, I love that. And I do think that there's a magnetism quality, though, to that attraction, you know, concept of let me brand or let me message or let me do it based on what I feel prompted to. We were talking about social media with our um, our mastermind earlier this week, and they're like, who has a plan? Who I want to see somebody's blueprint. I mean, how do you know what day is what day? And how do you know what you're going to post in Half of the time that is true. Like we look at the planner and we know what, you know, new programs or or things that we're launching, but half the time, really half the time, I'm just like, "Ah, I feel like making a reel today. Oh, I have 20 minutes. Oh, this will be fun. Let's post this. And because it's literally what is in my spirit at that point, it gets so much more traction than the things that we plan out almost every single time. Oh my gosh. I know. I feel like every creator will say that. It's like you spend hours thinking about this one video and putting it together and making it gorgeous. And you think it's going to be like the thing that, that hits and then no views on that. But then the thing that you literally took 30 seconds because it was in your heart to share. And that's what everyone resonates with. It's crazy. It's so true. And what's really neat, I think about your, your journey into how you show up and serve people now is you were essentially getting in the psyche of the entrepreneur before all of these things really existed. And so what was that evolution of watching them as CEOs and even yourself shift into different roles and different companies? What was that evolution like as you watched people start stepping into marketing in a different way of the what the sense is now, which is mainly social media? Yeah, I, you know, I just love people, right? Just like you, you you're a podcaster, so you why do you do this? Because you love having conversations with people, and 
the more that I got to spend time with these CEOs, which, you know, back then I was always the youngest one in the room. Now I'm not, but <laughs> I love that though. I love that so much. Back then I was, and I just loved learning from all of them. And I think, again, it just kind of, I am so grateful for the people in my life that became mentors to me before I even knew what a mentor was. Those are the people that pushed me to explore my creativity. Those are the people that encouraged me to show up and just try. And that I will, I will always be grateful to that. And that's why I think it's so important for people to kind of support each other. And I think mentorship is so incredible. And I think that being a leader is something to not take for granted because you get to help people become their very best to explore what's meant for them. And even if that means that their very best is no longer with you and the company, that's what's so exciting is that you get to help people. And so, so much of the work that I've gotten to do is, is in that world. And I didn't even know it. I remember when I decided to leave the chamber, which I loved, I could have stayed at the chamber forever. I mean, people were like, she's a lifer because I did. I loved it so much. But part of the reason that I left is because I just had this feeling like I'm ready to do something else. I'm ready to explore a new opportunity. And the opportunity that I took was very similar to my chamber role, but it put me in a different place and it put me more into the marketing world uh, specifically. And because I started working at the community redevelopment agency for the city of West Palm. And it was so fun because I took a role where part of the reason why she hired me was because she's like, you're creative. Do what you got to do to get more people into these areas when you're marketing. And so, again, I go back to it's always about the people that I've gotten to know. Like, I attribute so much of what I've been able to accomplish to every single person that fed into me, every single person that gave me an opportunity, every single person that encouraged me, every single person that believed in me, even when I had no idea what I was doing. You know, when I started my, my first company, I so I just saw this person the other day. Um, they're a local Minuteman press. They're incredible. They're in Boca. And they're run, it's run by this couple, Mike and Lisa. And when I started my company, they were like, okay, we'll take a chance on you. We'll hire you. And I was like, oh my gosh, they became one of our first clients. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that was from all of the conversations and the relationship I built with them while I was at the Chamber of Commerce. And so I feel like people... Like, this is why having connections like this, this is why relationship building is so important because that is what sparked so much of me wanting to help people, support people, lift people up because probably because I just experienced so much of it myself. Yeah, I, I think there's a ton of power in relationships as a whole. And we know this to be true in like the networking side of things sometimes it can feel as if it's like a pressured relationship, right? Where you're like, oh, we're here to network, right? And therefore there has to be some sort of exchange. Here's my business card. What can I do for you? What can you do for me? But in a chamber of commerce type of situation, your sole role is to serve. You're like your sole role is to like find out and explore and create things 
And I love that creativity is kind of the theme or the through line of what it is that you do because people are attracted to creation. I mean, we're creative beings because we are created by a creator. And therefore, when we get to see how that comes to life through different people, then the relationship feels more of that organic, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. I want to hear about how you created this rather than uh, networking. You have a business, I have a business, let's exchange business cards. And then it feels very dry and pointless where now we have this sense of that is so cool that you've had all those experiences and mentors and people who have believed in you. No different than myself, but there's layers to it. And I think if we can share those layers, whether through a podcast or whether through a coaching conversation or through just being in the community, that goes so much further because they're not looking at you as a valuation like barter exchange at the forefront. Front, though it becomes an, an opportunity to do that later. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. And it's, it's storytelling, right? I mean, yes, that's, that's totally it. That's yeah. why we love story because it's about the journey. It's, we get excited to hear about people's stories and everybody has a story. Everyone has, Hey, this is how I started. This is what happened. And that's why I think creating is so exciting because you have an idea whether it's for the pot or a business or a program or whatever it is, everybody is creative. Not everyone thinks they are, but everyone is creative in their own way. And so when you explore that creativity, that's when you feel alive because you're using like it's meant for you. Like that idea oh, is good. meant for you. And when you get to decide how you're going to pursue it, how you're going to do it. That's where the creativity comes into play. How am I going to set up this podcast? What is it going to look like, feel like? What do I want my listeners to gain from it? And the beautiful part is you don't know until you start doing it. It's when you start doing it that all these things show up. It's when you start having the conversations that you realize, oh, there's a different way or now I want to approach it differently. And you get to take all of the pieces of everything that you've done in the past Take them into where you're going, and now you're gaining more and more experiences in that whatever it is that you're creating, and you get to create more and do more and serve more and be more, which is so fun. This it's is so much fun. And we literally, my husband and I have had this uh, methodology. We're both entrepreneurs, and it was something for a while where we didn't want our kids to associate what we did to work. Uh, mainly because I always remember feeling guilty when I was leaving them because I was a stay-at-home mom for a season of time that when I would leave and mommy's going to work felt like a separation. It felt like anxiety. It felt like mm -hmm. guilt. It felt like why would she leave when she could be with us, right? And that was true as an entrepreneur. No one was telling me I had to show up to do something. I had to create that schedule. I got to create that schedule on my own terms. And in creation, in creating and saying, actually, mommy's going to help somebody today. Or, hey, mama's actually designing something. You want to see it? And letting them see all of the granular pieces to what most would perceive as work and showing up in the, I'm just creating. It makes it that much more freeing, not just to me, but to everyone associated to me and all of the followers or people who are disassociated, but still seeing you show up. So I think that there's just this magnificent ability that if we can tap into the storytelling, if we can tap into what you said, I think it's so brilliant. Um, it was made for you. Like this creation was made for you. You could be writing a book 
millions of other people have written a book, but only you are going to go on this particular book writing journey and to own that. And like you said, when you were younger, just like, yeah, I'm just going to go knock on the door. and We're going to see what happens without the inhibition that's been cultivated based on fear, rejection, you know, typical things in, in you're not connected to me because you're not on the same playing field. You don't have as many followers and therefore you can't contact me. I mean, if people stop thinking about it that way and they just showed up and had fun, oh man, we live in a better society. Oh my gosh, we totally would. And Tamara, what a gift that you're giving your kids. What a gift you're giving your kids to let them see that, oh, this, I can, I can live this out. Like there's not a time that I get that I have to shelve my creativity and go to work or put this aside and now do that. I mean, if we all thought more about the, the, the ideas that we're having and that creativity inside of us, then work would be different. People would create differently in, I mean, that's what I love about, you know, when Google talks about how they give their people that 20% time to just kind of work on whatever project is meaningful to them. And some of their biggest, some of their biggest ideas. Yeah. Because you need that. We all need that. And, and I love that you're doing that for your kids because it's so important. It's a skill that we have to have. Creativity is a muscle and we have to use it every single day. And this is what I love about the creation process. You know, I I talk to a lot of people and they, they ask, well, how did you know it was going to work? Like, what do you mean? I didn't. And by the way, it didn't. There are plenty of of things that I do that do not work, but that's not the point. In fact, when I think about expectation, I really shifted my expectation because if we have an expectation that I'm going to create this, or let's say I'm going to write this book and it's going to be a New York Times bestselling book and everyone's, and it's going to sell millions of copies. That's an expectation you created for yourself. So now you're writing this book thinking that that's what you need. Instead of what if your expectation was, I want to write the best book that I can write right now. And the success of it is finishing the book. That's the, that's the accomplishment. And by when you shift your perspective and now you go into it, like I'm learning so much about this process and guess what? It doesn't have to be your first book. You can write that book and then take all of that experience to write your next book and the one after that. So that's what, and I use that example specifically because I'm writing a book and I'm in that process. Like I'm, I get it. I, get it. I know you just published your first book. So when you're writing, when you were writing your book, Tamara, how many days were you like so frustrated? How many days did you feel like, why am I even doing this? Oh my gosh. Well, I think this is the thing that is so different and so uniquely divine about each individual's process in this. It took me three years to bring what was out of seven day whim. Like I literally just got this download. I went on a writing retreat and within seven days I've had about 175 pages. So I thought for sure, like this book is going to be done in record time. This is crazy. Nobody has this story. And then when I went to the fine tuning and I went to the development of the things that weren't the download, but the things that I was still processing, the things that I was still working through, and I would go on these writing retreats because that was the only time I could get it done when I had toddlers at home. I would have breakdowns. And what I did and what I would encourage so many other authors to do is create your book launch team or whatever you want to call it. Create a tribe in the process of writing your book that is so connected, not necessarily to the message, but they get connected to you and your process. But by the time that that book comes out, 
They really don't care what the title is. They don't really care what they're going to read. They just want to support you because they see the trial and error. They see the showing up. They see how much actually goes into publishing a book that people just don't recognize. And so I just shared all of the, the hairy, scary, I've been in my robe for 17 hours and this is my eighth mug of coffee situations in a private Facebook group. And the day that it came out, Knowing at the entirety and the finale of the closing of the chapter that I had actually like handwritten when I knew it was finished and I knew without a shadow of my doubt, I am ready because that entire weekend experience, I didn't shed a tear. And so every hardship that went into it, every lesson that went into it, I'm like, okay, there is no sense of shame, which is the whole concept of the book. I I can now release this for other people to read and it is okay. But when I did that, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, if only I was the only purchaser of this book or my mom, because, you know, moms do that, (laughs) then it was, it was a job well done. And then it hit a bestseller. And I was like, okay, this was more than, this was more than just for me. And I think that that happens more often when we get to that place of fully releasing the outcome and the expectations, which is what you were talking about. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love, I love that you got to that space and I know it was a real I know it was a real journey for you and it was very emotional to get all of that stuff out. And again, it goes back to, it was meant for you to write that book, right? And I love that you were able to go through whatever transformation you needed to go through in order to sit down, to write, to write all of those pages, to get it all out. That did, that did so much more for you than simply at the end, having the book. A thousand percent, which is the creative process, which is what we've been talking about. Like that's what creation is about. It doesn't really matter what the outcome is. It matters. Was it enjoyable? Did you like it? Did you learn something from it? And so now transitioning from something that was like nonfiction, if you will, into a business concept of a book, I know the journey is going to be massively different. So I'm curious, like, what are you processing as you're going through it? How is the, is it, taking all this creation and putting it into a place so that somebody else can go out and create and make their dreams come true. What's the concept? So yeah, the, the concept of the book is um, I am writing about how people can overcome the seven myths that are stopping you from pursuing your creativity, from pursuing your so dream. Good. So good. So that's the concept and it's definitely an interesting process. Like you said, it's, it's, it's the creative process. And yes, would I love to have just sat down and written this whole book and it's all perfect and beautiful and wonderful. And that is not how it's working out. And, (laughs) (laughs) but, but what's been so fun is what's been so fun, Tamara is well, so many things it's opened up my eyes. It's helped me become a different reader I read differently because I'm like, mm, why am I good. so attracted to the way this is written? And, and I kind of learn from writers differently. Um, I definitely study a lot of writers. I've read a lot of books on writing and, and authors that I really love. It's also helped me with my, well, I became curious about poetry over the past couple of years. And so I started I writing. Poetry, and what I did was I said, oh, in my book, I, writing poetry has helped me become a better writer because what is poetry? Poetry is all about, you have to read something that makes, that elicits uh, an emotion, right? So it has to be like, how does it feel? And what are you tasting and touching and smelling and, and, and feeling? And so 
I try to include that in the, in the normal writing that I do. Cause I was used to just writing business stuff. And I was like, if I want this book to be different than all the other books that are out there, I need to share more of my stories. I need to share differently in the language that I use because I want somebody to read my book the way that I read somebody's book and think, Oh, I wonder how that happened. Because what's so great about writers is when you're reading a book, it's easy for you to think what what you just talked about, Tamara, like, oh, Tamara just sat down and wrote this book. But I love thinking about the creative process of, man, how long did this take? How long did they flesh out these ideas? What was the original title? What was the original concept? All of those things is what I get excited about. And I become so curious about it. But if I wasn't writing a book, I probably wouldn't be thinking that way. Well, and what's so powerful about this is, is whether or not the listener right now is someone who desires to have a book or not, this is about every component of creativity. I just went to a conference a couple weeks ago, and as a conference host and a speaker, I am looking at that conference drastically different than just four years ago, where I was going to every event, soaking in every speaker and what they were saying. I was a part of the experience rather than looking on the outside, looking into all of the different little details that occurred and just having so much appreciation for the time invested into every little detail and watching the speakers and watching the way that they pace the stage and watching their influx and the way that they story tell. And half the time I had no idea what they were talking about. (laughs) Not because I didn't know what they were talking about. Actually, the concept was like second nature to me. And when you're in that motivational, inspirational realm, you kind of like, yeah, I know what you're about to say. Right. But that wasn't the point. The point was that there was so much for me to learn in the creative experience. And so to immerse myself from a different lens, as you're doing with this author experience, it changes the whole game. It changes the way that you receive information and you create downloads. And then you even the way you teach thereafter. I didn't know how to write a book until I wrote the book. And now I can teach it from a way of only my methodology. And so I know when you build businesses or you help dreams come true, you're helping people do it and extracting from their own version of self versus ideations of other people. Talk us through how do you help someone like get to that development stage and pull out all of those pieces of self in a creative manner? Yeah. So, well, here's the thing too, because what, what I do for, with dream manager, that's the company that I, that I run. 
So the company I run is a coaching company and we have a dream manager program and dream manager is what it sounds like. We help people accomplish their dreams. And that is its its own process and system that was developed by Matthew Kelly that we use. And that is a beautiful thing because people, it's crazy for me to even say this because I'm just surrounded by so many dreamers, but people have stopped dreaming. People have stopped dreaming. They have stopped putting down on paper, what do you want for your life? And I totally understand this. You know, I spoke at a conference uh, last year and at the end, and, and we did a dreamstorming session and I was kind of walking through what this dream manager program is. And one of the women, she raised her hand and said, you know, the world is going, we're in a pandemic. All of this stuff is happening. The last two years have been really hard. Do you ha- don't you feel like you have to modify this presentation? Because I mean, can, should people really be dreaming right now? We just have bills to pay. Wow. And I thought it like, gave me goosebumps. I said, wow. I said, do you understand that now is the exact moment why we need to dream even more, even bigger? Like this is- That hurts my heart that somebody could even process that. And yet at the same time, you're seeing it, right? Like I see it around me and so many like complacent. We have Tim, Tim Story in Clubhouse and he was on the show yesterday and it's at like that mundane, like people are getting really complacent. They're, they're getting okay and comfortable in the chaos rather than in the dream state, which is that freedom space. Yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot about mediocrity in the book because it's, Mm. it can be, it's comfortable. Lots of people are comfortable and it's almost harder. It's almost harder to, to escape mediocre than it is like you know, if you're in a horrible situation, you've got to figure out how to get out of it. But if you're, if you're mediocre, eh, things are all right. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like why would I create friction when I yeah. could just be comfortable? Yeah. yeah. You're just like, if you, it's a lot of those people that kind of work for the weekend kind of people, which, <laughs> totally. you know what I mean? It's like, oh, if you're, if it's Monday and you're already, you can't wait till Friday, maybe like question some ways that you can make your life a little bit more engaging and exciting so that you have lots of days that you're excited about. (laughs) So true. It's so weird to think about though, but that goes all the way back to the very beginning of the conversation. And I'm sure you experienced this even with BNI because, well, you say that the Chamber of Commerce, I think of it as BNI, which is business networking components of the commerce. I always thought it was so dull because I was the youngest person in the room when I was an entrepreneur in my twenties. And I was always like, these people, these suits, these like, they've got their planner and it's like in a leather binder and they've got their one pin. And I was always just like looking at people like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want this to be my career. Even if it is my dream to be an entrepreneur, that's not my version of entrepreneurship. And so I'm curious even too, because I know you have this other side of what it is that you do besides just the dream program. Talk us through that and how it also envelopes your ability to dream and help others do the same. Yeah. So what, what I love and, and so much of, of my passion is because I get to help so many leaders like that work in corporate. So do, do what you love, even if it's not your full-time job. Like there's this, I think, especially today, people feel like this 
if, if my passion is pottery, I have to turn it into a business. It's gotta be the thing that I make money. But I'm like, no, what are your creative pursuits? What are those joyful activities that you, that light you up, that get you excited? People, I believe that people are so much closer to living a more fulfilling, happy life than they actually think they are simply by doing like first recognizing what are those things that you gave up singing, dancing, cooking, pottery, art, whatever, even if you're not good at it just for the sake of doing it, because it brings so much joy to your life and watch what happens. Watch how much more engaged you become, not only in that activity, but when you're at work, when you're in your relationships, asking your asking your friends and your family about what are their creative pursuits. And when you start to do those pieces and those things, that's what I think is so exciting about the creative process is that you get to try things. You get to test stuff. And when you experience these new things that you're trying, you're going to start to see that you're going to want to create even more. You're going to try even more. You're going to open up your surroundings to things that you just didn't even know existed. This is why I think curiosity is so important. Get curious. Get curious about the book writing process or podcasters or anything that is of interest to you. There's a reason. Let's explore that a little bit. Like, why, why do you feel like maybe you want to write? But then what's stopping you from writing? And what's the one thing that you can do to like take one step forward? Hey, I am not a poet. Well, Lolita would. (laughs) I've heard your poetry. I guess I'm a poet because I write poetry, right? Like if you're, hey, if you want to write a book, you need to write the book. You're a writer. Then you're an author. (laughs) Person, And, um, you know, one of the things that I have done over the past few months too, because I wanted to stretch my discipline, my creativity muscle, I started this newsletter called Massive Optimism, and I send it out every week. What that does is, yes, I want to create great content that inspires people to take action and pursue their, their creativity, but it also makes, it holds me accountable to write every day. I have to write because I have to say something every single week to the people that have signed up for the newsletter. So I think it's so important for us to hold ourselves accountable and to put things in place that strengthen us, that challenge us, that help us become more disciplined in our creative practice. And when you become more disciplined, then you'll start to see, you'll start to see things that you didn't notice before. And it becomes easier. It becomes easier. Again, creativity is a muscle. If you use it every single day, then you're going to start to see yourself get better at, and it's, it'll help you get better in your business, in your life, in the way that you lead Tamara, you're an incredible leader. And and part of the reason why is because you have this creativity that just lives and breathes around you because you know that other people have that creativity inside of them. And as long as you're leading them in a way that's like, hey, this is where we're going together as a team. However, I want to hear how you think we should be getting there. And some of those ideas will be great and some of them won't. But the fact that you have an opportunity to at least share and, and give that space to people, that's really empowering. And that's what we should be doing as leaders is empower people. Oh, yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. I think as you were sharing, the thing that was evoking in my spirit was two, twofold. One, how often do people actually contribute or have the conversation around creativity and discipline simultaneously? Not really. I, I don't hear that conversation explored often. And yet I think it's a really powerful concept of 
of really leaning in and it not necessarily having to be an entrepreneurial pursuit. Um, and yet at the same time, could it be infused into the everyday, maybe even for what people pay you for, or maybe not, or maybe it's just a component of like Google, what a perfect example, they created this space that allowed that people to literally have time to think. And there is this book called The Road to Less Stupid. And the author basically is talking about creating thinking time in your space and having this dedicated hour to probe yourself with only one question. Not creativity like I'm going to go paint, though that would be fun too, but really just probing a thought and then allowing your stream of conscious, whether in poetic format or not, to just flow through all of the ideas that come to the surface. And then crossing off the last 15 minutes is all about crossing off what's likely not going to work. Like that was a terrible idea, but you gave yourself the freedom and the thought pattern and the discipline to create something and then molding together all of the different ideas into what could become your next activation in creativity. And you provoked, as you were talking about, like the five senses, you provoked of the example of like being a chef, right? And all of the creativity that happens in the kitchen and with our palate. And a close, especially with like kids, my kids just tried sushi um, for the first time, a different genre of sushi last night and like watching them create what was happening from emotion and then their response thereafter. I'm just sitting there like, this is a really good movie. This is really good because I can see their little brains working and it's no different when you're in the kitchen. Like what could you add flavor wise to your day so that you're living a life on purpose and it's one that is different all the time. I don't know about you, but though I am a disciplined human, I don't want to live the same day tomorrow. I don't want to be stuck in that mediocrity or mundane experience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I love, I, I love that your kids are trying sushi and (laughs) one with, with discipline and creativity. I also believe that we are more creative when we give ourselves constraints Right. You have to give yourself constraints. So to the point of being in the kitchen, what I love, what I think so many people, why we love watching those cooking shows where they get four ingredients in a basket is they have to be real creative. How am I going to create kind of a five-star restaurant meal with these four ingredients that I have to use? And one of them is a can of spam, you know? (laughs) Right, right, right. And so, but that's life. Like, don't, so often we feel constrained by environmental circumstances, by money, by people, by mask, right? Like we have these constraints and yet we're still called into creativity. And that's where that conversation with that woman who's like, what, how could you even have us dream right now? Like that literally closes and shuts down the opportunity of what good there is and what un- unexpected fun you can have outside of constraints. Yeah. And you know what I wanted to to say to her is, is simply, and this is a great question for everyone to just ask themselves when they're going through something, especially if you're doubting, you know, like who am I to dream right now? Or, or we can't dream right now. So you ask yourself, well, if you could dream, what would your dream be? If you could, what would it be? Because we have to get ourselves out of the mindset that it's not possible. We have to get ourselves out of the mindset that we can't, or we shouldn't, or we, it's not for us. But if you could, what would it be? And that will start that process for you. 
That's so good. And it's so funny that we're having this in association to like Martin Luther King's birthday last month, last Monday, like think about the constraints that were happening all around him. And yet he still had enough um, momentum and enough desire to break the chains and say, I have a dream. How about you? I mean, that's all he was doing was provoking other people with the opportunity to dream, which is what you do. Yeah. Dreams is it dreams, which by the way, it's so crazy to think that that statement wasn't even in his initial speech. It's nuts. But again, it's, it goes back to that was meant for him. It was meant for him to share and look at the impact that that man made. I mean, we will never, everybody knows I have a dream and dreaming is the one thing that connects every single human on this planet. If you want to see somebody get excited, ask them about their dream. That's it. What is one dream you have for your life? People will light up immediately. It is the best conversation starter. I love asking. I want to do that. I love that so much. I feel like I ask really good questions, but I don't think I ever ask what's your dream. What's your, and and what's great about it too is people they get they're like, "Wait, they they take it back." <laughs> Because they're not used to being asked that. Because yeah. most adults are out there asking people about their dreams. This is why, again, I feel so blessed that I get to do what I do for a living. Because we work with organi- we work with companies. They have 200 plus employees. And the leader calls me and says, I cannot believe that it has been two months. And there are people that are sitting around the water cooler and in the kitchen. And they're talking about each other's dreams. Like the conversations that are happening yeah, in this office amazing. are insane. Like, I can't believe it. And and just, you know, six months prior, it was a toxic culture and people were, you know, gossiping and all those things that happen in offices. And he just was blown away. And these are the stories we hear every single day. And I'm like, yeah, when you care about people and their dreams as a leader, when you know, like Tamara, I can already tell you have a love for your team. We want to be part of that. People want to be part of, of a team and a, and a leadership that believes in them as human beings. We're not just there to right. work and do work. Of course, that's, right. we do that and that's part of the job. But people are, we, we are human beings. Like, it's so crazy. Like Matthew talks about when he wrote The Dream Manager, he said, I almost, I love when he shares this. He says, I almost didn't write that book because it seems so simple. It seems so easy. Like, isn't this a doubt? Like, treat people like people, care about people. But it's it's a reminder. I mean, that book, he's sold millions of copies of that book because it's a... Well, it's- and it ultimately always goes back to the fact that people get so stuck in a rut of expectation. And expectation will strip creativity and will strip the dreaming process. And so it's just that that subtle reminder, no matter how simplistic, isn't that what we all want in association to creativity? Is like, we want it to be simple. We want it to be fun. And fun doesn't have to be complicated and neither does dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Fun doesn't have to, fun doesn't have to be complicated. You know what? But with the creative process, what I love is like the, the more we just let go, like, I love that you just let go of the expectation for your book, right? Like the more you just let go, whatever yeah. it is, like I started sharing my poetry. Cause I was like, whatever. Why not? 
like I'm putting, I think, you know, I think it comes with age too. Like the older you get, like the more I'm just like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to try this. And I, I love talking about comedians because I love studying writers and authors and I love studying com- com- comics because man, you talk about entrepreneurship, you talk about building something, people, they have to get up on stage night after night and tell their jokes. And some people, some nights they bomb, no one laughs. It's horrible. Can you imagine being on stage and like nobody's like oh. it would be the worst. It's like you as a speaker, like your jokes aren't landing. It's the worst feeling ever. But those days you get up on stage and people are like jiving with you and you love it and it's great. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. And so all these comedians, what I love about what they share is that they almost can't not do it. Like they love it so much. And I look at that in every single human being, your creativity, there's something inside of you that's telling you, how are you not doing this? How are you not doing it? Get up on stage, tell the bad jokes. I mean, I look at, when you look at all the people that have done the most incredible things, writers, authors, comedians, actors, they all have their stories of like how they almost gave up because they went on all of these different auditions and no one was, no one was saying yes to them. I mean, all the stories of the authors that said they sent their, their manuscript to like a hundred people and everyone said, this sucks. It happened to, um, the, um, JK Rawlings. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Harry Potter for sure. I mean, can you imagine like what a crazy story, but everybody loved it. So imagine I just, when I think about the amount of dreams that just die, that should never die. So like, don't die with your dreams inside of you. Like, even mm. if they don't look or show up the way that you thought they would, they probably won't but they're meant for you for whatever reason, even if that reason is just to get to the other side of what is meant for you truly. That is a mic drop. Like, don't let your dreams die with you. Like, I can't imagine, Ed Milet says the quote about when he gets to wherever he's going on the other side of heaven, that he has this imagination that God is gonna actually present him with the version of self that was actually who he created him to be. And he doesn't want to look at him and see this version of Ed that is any different than the version that he died being, because otherwise he knows that that gap is lack of purpose. That gap is lack of creativity. If we were to apply it to this conversation, it's the lack of meaning that as he was on earth, he was actually dying because he wasn't becoming, which is something I'm so passionate about. He has to emerge and immersion takes creativity and it takes courage. And I think that's where people stop it. Courage should surely be a part of your book because I think fear and is a huge limiting belief to like, if I do this, what if, right? And you just have to do it. Just be brave enough and brave enough for just yourself. And maybe it's for your kids and the legacy that you want to leave, but I don't want to die with my dreams. That's for dang sure. Yeah. And you won't because you're out there. You're out there creating, <laughs> doing, and becoming, and and it's and it's awesome. And I I'm so grateful for the messages that you share and the impact that you're having in the world because people need to have these conversations and they need to know they need to know that when they look at Tamra, they're not like because I think what people get stuck on too is like Tamra. She's got this successful business and this podcast, and she wrote a book like that's. She can do it, but I can't. No, because 
that's what I love about why you shared your journey with the people that will wanted to support you in your book is because we want you to win because we see how hard it is. We see the time and the attention and the struggle that you put through it. And that's what I love so much is that people, we, we put these people on pedestals, but we, we're all the same. We're all a hundred, a hundred thousand percent. Because it's like, if you only knew what the first logo looks like, what the first backdrop looked like, which is the first camera lens look like, if you only knew, right? And so it's just thinking through like Kate walking into the Chamber of Commerce and who she was then to the immersion of who you are now and how you were affecting lives for a really long time. But the way that you get to do it with so much more clarity in the why behind it, I think is really powerful and gives people the understanding that like you don't have to go out to build the big dream. It's just accomplishing one small dream at a time. And that's what I think is more freeing and and the possibility of that feels that much more capable uh, rather than to thinking like the one big dream is the only thing I have in pursuit and I might fail. I love that you just said, yeah, you likely will, but the dream will emerge. Something new will come to be. And so just dream. If we just daily dreamed, it would would be that much more magnificent than to just die altogether. Yeah. Yeah. It's fall. I mean, we've heard the term. It's fall in love with the process. If you fall in love with the creative process and the practice of it all, it becomes so much easier. That's what I'm doing right now. And even, even with the book editing process, I'm like, I'm just going to love it. I'm just going to love it. I, <laughs> yeah, that I, is... I wish I was done with it. I wish it was complete. I wish I could send it off and get it printed. But you know what? I'm, while I'm here, I'm just going to love it. I'm just <laughs> so good. And that's like the association to your massive optimism. And there's the links and everyone can get on the, the daily or the weekly newsletter that you're sending. But I want them to have access to this book, one, because it's profound. And while I'm sure there is components where you're like, this is actually a simple concept. It's a simple concept that the world needs. And my book was like that. And that's the where legacy is associated to books. And I think it's so neat. Massive optimism is like a, a punch in the gut of like desire that our society at a granular level and a massive level needs. And so I'm grateful that you're rising to the occasion to do that. I got to get on the mailing list myself because I'm like, I want to see what you're writing and what poetry you're sending my way, especially come Valentine's Day. Send me a love note, Kate. (laughs) I'm so grateful to have you here. It's been so cool to learn about your journey and to know the amount of momentum that is just behind what it is that you're doing on so many levels. Well, she's on multiple podcasts, so don't let her fool you. This is not her her debut podcast experience and her businesses and all the links are above. So be sure to follow Kate Volman on all social media platforms. Is there anything else you want to share with the community before you go? No, Tamara, I'm just, I'm so grateful that, uh, that I get to spend time with you over on Clubhouse. And I'm just so grateful for all of your listeners, because, hey, if you're a listener, you have a dream and you're doing something about it because you're listening to this and you're getting, you're, you're getting stories and you're getting inspiration from the people that you need to take that dream forward, to move wherever it is that you want to go. And so if there's any way that I can support you in that journey, I am happy to do that. I believe in you and your ideas. It, like I said, they're meant for you. Don't, don't keep pushing them down. Do something with them. One thing that you can do and do it today. 
So amazing. All right, y'all. Have an amazing day. Go after it and share us. Tag. We want to see what your dream actually is. Maybe it's at the beginning stage. Maybe it's coming to new life. Maybe it's about to be birthed uh, and it's your book or your podcast. We want to support you and we'll shout you out for sure. All right, y'all. Get fit in faith. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. 